Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and I have a very special episode lined up for you today. This is one that I've been wanting to do for a couple of months now. Um, I got two very special guests with me today. They are part of the HMG family uh, network of podcasts uh, that we have. They do a show called Environmentally Speaking. It is, how do I put this? You would think it's like a, you think environmentally, anything environmental. The first thing as a military guy, you're like earth crunchy. This is going to be one of those tree hugger type shows. I was wrong. Like this is this is like one of those shows where like every week I look forward to like, all right, when are they getting me this episode? Because I'm fortunate enough that I get to to do the back end work and do the production or oversee the production on this show. And I'm, it, they blow me away every week with the topics that they talk about. And they're more focused. <clears throat> they're up in Rhode Island. I'll let them. I'm going to bring them on here in just a second, but. The topics that they talk about, you really can incorporate it anywhere, quite frankly. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Clarice and Marissa Destel of Environmentally Speaking. Ladies, welcome to the show. Hey, Adam. Awesome. Well, listen, um, Clarice, let's start with you. Give the listeners a little bit, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no, thanks for, for having us. And more importantly, thanks for producing our episodes because i can say for both of us we don't know what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah you do give give yourself credit so yeah i'm clarice Uh, marissa and i used to work together at her environmental law firm and she came into my office one day and said we're doing a podcast and i had so much fun doing it with her um we're still doing it today even though i'm not at the the firm anymore so it's it's been exciting it's fun and it's a it's a good thing to chat about once a week. That it most certainly is. And Marissa, let's bring you on. So my mind is a wagon wheel right now. I have like a joke that I want to make, but I'm going to hold on to it because I think what Clarice just said is probably more appropriate. That I went to her office and said, we're doing a podcast because that's what my PR people told me to do. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, if you've got experts in your corner, you should rely on them. And that's what Adam is. He's the the back end production guy. He makes us look and sound decent, you know, based on what we send him. That's a miracle. This isn't about me, ladies. Listen, listen if you guys are listening to the show, we're going to quickly turn this back around on them. If you guys are listening to this podcast, it means you're already online. Go to heroesmediagroup.com. You can check out uh, and look up Environmentally Speaking. You can find them there, Apple, any place that you like listening to your podcasts, environmentally speaking, you'll be happy that you did. <sighs> kind of going off of what Marissa said, like <clears throat> her PR people told her she needed to do a show, but in all actuality, when you guys put this stuff together, how do you how do you determine what well, let's back up a second. <clears throat> why the podcast? And other than somebody told you to do it, why why the podcast? And now that you guys have just over a year of episodes in, what what have what has been some of you? I mean, obviously, you guys are doing this. This is a weekly podcast, yes? Yep. Yes. Okay. And is this something are you, you seem like when I listen to the show that you, this is something that you guys enjoy doing and talking about. The shows aren't very long. They're about 15 to 20, 25 minutes long. And... The topics that you, how do you determine what topics you're going to talk about? Let's start there. 
Oh, that's kind of fun. Um, Typically, and to be super candid with you and your audience, we're deciding the topics the night before. Morning of. If it's morning of, if it's really exciting, two days before. (laughs) Um, That's how you know we're passionate about it. We thought and picked it ahead of time. But it's usually either what's the theme in the office this week? Like what's something that's been going on over and over again? Or what's interesting in the news? Did I read something? Did Marissa read something? You know, has something popped up that we want to talk more about? It's a good partnership because I'm pretty dark and cynical. And in my experience practicing as a pro environmental attorney, all I do is lose, lose, lose no matter what. So I tend to go down a negative rabbit hole and Clarice will reel me in with a suggestion about an episode that is a little more lighthearted or has a positive ending to it. That partnership evolved over the past year. At first, we were pretty I don't want to say stiff because that's not our personality, but the topics we were picking were things that were coming up in the office and they can be dry. The Administrative Procedures Act, the Open Meetings Act, these are areas of administrative law that nobody is interested in. So we would do a couple of episodes like that and then started figuring out that there are more global topics that people are interested in hearing about. And renewable energy, I think, is our most popular at this point i think that's such i'm glad since you brought that up let's let's that's a good transition let's talk about renewable when for the listeners out there that aren't sure what classifies as renewable energy give us the definition renewable energy is meant to be any type of energy that does not result in contaminants or emissions or Uh, pollutants of concern into our atmosphere. So like fossil fuels, oil, stuff like that. That would not be renewable energy. Okay. Okay. So then you're talking wind, solar. Correct. So wind and solar, because you've done topics, you've done those topics a a couple of different times or, or have elaborated. You've had a couple episodes on those. The solar one is what really got to me. And now I'm this is <laughs> the solar one really got to me. I my background, I've I did uh, consulting for a solar company in Arizona another lifetime. It was like 20 years ago. And this was right when solar was just starting to get hip and trying to figure out, hey, let's do this and the and the, they were trying to create these solar farms out on these military bases like in the desert. Yep. <clears throat> excuse me, and whatnot. And now, you know, fast forward 20, 30, 20 years, you're starting to, you're hearing more about solar and all of the, I, I like the idea of solar. I think it's, it's good, but solar panels have a, a um, useful exp- life. Yeah. An expiration date on them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you guys really went into detail on, on that episode of like, there's, it's just cheaper to get rid of them as opposed to recycling a lot of the material that you that you can do. And that's that was the one thing that I have that I was just completely amazed by because you guys really dig into a lot of these topics like like the solar ones. And, and Marissa, you said this, and this was just totally blew my mind. 
Um, you said in one of your episodes, just because it says it's environmentally friendly doesn't mean that it is. Yes. Huge amount of respect for you on that one because I think a lot of people think – I, I look at um, – as I'm looking out my, my office window, there's one of those big wind turbines, and I'll get into that here in a second, but it's – and there's our neighbors got solar. I, I like the idea of it, but what do you do with it afterwards? How, is there – do you think there's a um, – you would think with all of the technology that we have, I mean, everybody carries around these, you know, pocket computers, as I like to call them, that we couldn't figure out a better way to recycle these things after they're doing – because what happens with those solar panels and stuff once they're expired? Anybody. What, uh, that's, well, that's typically what happens is a lot of times if you were – say specifically using the example of like your neighbor's solar panels. Yeah. They bought these panels through a company. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you would call that company again towards the end of their, the panel's life and say, Hey, we need to look at replacement removal, you know, however next steps are. And then at the end of it, it's just like when you take your trash out, you put your trash at the end of your driveway, somebody else comes and collects it and that's it. You're not thinking about it anymore. Should, now, should we, a lot, we should be, we should be thinking about it because yeah. we only have so much space. Right. I mean, if you filled your office with everything that was your favorite thing, you're not going to have enough room to walk to your computer and walk to your desk. You, we only have X amount of space, so right. we should be thinking about it. But I think it was a situation where we were so excited to tap into this and to create this product and we were so focused on getting there, we didn't think about what happened afterwards. All right. It's like astronaut syndrome. We got to get to the moon. Yeah. And once we stood on the moon, we're like, oh, what do we do now? Right. Take the solar panels there. I don't know. Um, I one of, one of the other episodes I really liked that you guys are facing up there just off the shore was the uh, uh, wind farms that were being discussed, the, the offshore wind farms. Another episode that I absolutely got a lot out of because traveling southwestern part of the United States, you see a lot of these wind farms from Arizona to California um, through the panhandle of Texas and whatnot. And I got to thinking about, hey, what do you what do you do with those when they, I mean, Iowa, Iowa's huge. With, Iowa, Iowa's got a ton of them. And when they get struck by lightning, they get catch on fire or whatnot you're like what are you supposed to do with these extra parts and and there's a place in texas where they just sit them there and they just it's like a a, a dumping ground for these big arms like so i forget what i was going to ask you but the point is i absolutely love what you guys are doing because i think you're bringing so much education and even though you guys are up in in the northeastern part of rhode island massachusetts area I, I really think the topics that you guys talk about, anybody can take those topics and, and incorporate them in their local areas. Uh, another one that you guys talked about was the, uh, I don't remember the, the, the title of the show, but you talked about the California and the animals with the... Uh, that land, little animal crossing yeah, over like the, the highway? Land, land bridge kind of a thing for the animals and stuff. Like, that was one of those positive ones. That was Clarice's <laughs> idea because I'm just negative, negative. And Adam, um, before 
if you're inclined to move on, I just no, want to throw something out here that you indicated you worked for a solar company in Arizona, and then you referenced your military history and said that the the former military bases or even active bases are being used for the, for solar farms. Yeah. And I, that is a really important fact that I I would like to yeah, please. provide a little more background on. A lot of people don't know that there is a completely different set of rules and procedures that applies to federal land, federal government land that is then leased to a private party mm-hmm. versus private land and state-owned land. The military base example is a good one because when the federal government decides that it wants to use its property in a particular way, it does not follow the same set of rules and regulations that you might be familiar with at the state level. The federal government basically, in my experience, gives you the high hard one and tells you what they're going to do without a whole lot of oversight because who's overseeing it. Right. And again, in my experience, the federal government process for these types of projects, renewable energy included, are to hurry up and and get them in because there's a requisition right. and a, a, a purchase order that has to be fulfilled before someone can go home for the day or the year. And there is no planning past, frankly, the day. Right. So they're not looking at 2050. No. Or the year three thousand. It's to it's who to what, figure what, out what, what to do. What can happen now? Let's get it in place, and we'll worry about it when that time comes. Or we won't worry about it. Whoever is involved with the project or overseeing that when that time comes, they can worry about it then. And and this is where I'll get a little negative. Um, is is <laughs> is I I think it's become somebody's lining somebody else's pockets when it comes down to it. It, No. I know. Shocker. Shocker. I know. I know. I said, I said what I said. Uh, I can't believe it. Listen, it's, it's, you don't have to believe me, but it doesn't mean it's not the (laughs) truth. I'm just saying like, it's money. It was one of those things. Cash is king. And that's it. When I was involved with it, my, my job was the military liaison because of my background. And, um, it was, I mean, we're talking billions, of, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars to put these solar farms up in and around these military bases. And um, it wasn't until about 15 years, uh, about 10 years ago, I'd been off that project for a long time, but I was down in Tucson, Arizona, down at the Air Force Base down there, and they'd gotten rid of the playground for the kids on on-base housing, and they put solar panels all around I mean, it's it's everywhere around the housing that's on all the houses. It's you know the old runway is filled with with solar panels now. It's it's it's. I get it, and then I'm sitting there looking. My my first reaction was, man, that's a lot of money. I could have could have had. That's See? that's a selfish me. That's listen. See? I'm I am man enough to admit that was a selfish me, but then I also look at it like you know this is a it was a big political kind of thing like a who's who like if you're going to run for a political office or something like that because let's face it like when you're talking of anything that has to do with the environment to this extent somebody saying something up above 
and and is getting a kickback from it. I, I, that that's my opinion. Well, look at our most recent episode. We talked about how the oil there were um, folks in the oil industry putting out advertisements and speaking against the wind farms as yeah. not environmentally friendly. Yeah. And yeah. while the messages were, you know, accurate. something that we yeah. could, you know, something that we would consider accurate and stand by, the oil company is not caring about the no, environment. No, They're no. doing this to prevent losing money. Has it, yes. has, it, has, has the environment topic as a whole, has it gotten too politicized? What do you mean? <clears throat> Meaning that it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you sit on. People are going to say what they want to, to what they think people want to hear so they can get paid for a project that, their buddy or their nephew or whoever is funding a project to protect X, Y, and Z. Take the wind farms, for example. Are the wind farms a good idea to have right off the coast where the electric is running under the, because it's shifting the benthic habitat. Yeah. All the habitat and stuff like that. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't, you know, I understand there maybe the logical reason of having it out in the water, but then it, disrupts the fishing it disrupts disrupts everything it disrupts the local community in my opinion and and you guys kind of covered that again those of you that are listening you can go to environmentally speaking <laughs> podcast on apple google and all their places make sure you check that episode out um but you I, but then it's like where where does that tie in how do you make it to where it's friendly for everybody do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's not possible. So when I um, decided that I wanted to study environmental science, I decided to go to a school in Vermont called Linden State College. And it was one of the premier environmental science schools in the United States. And on my first day of my first class in my first year, I had a Russian professor, very interesting fellow, who said, welcome to my class. This is Environmental Studies 101. Overpopulation is the root of every single problem on this planet. And you will never hear that spoken by a politician because it is political suicide. And I have never forgotten it. Obviously, I'm 45 years old and I remember it verbatim. Climate change, overpopulation, um, uh, weather effects that impacts that we're seeing are all driven by politics to a certain extent. So my short answer to your question previously is the envi are environmental issues being politicized? My answer is yes. But I don't think that 100% of the reason for politics coming into play are just somebody's nephew getting a kickback or this politician needs a vote. It's also that nobody wants to deal with the reality that we are screwed as a species. It is scary. It is panic inducing. I have minor panic attacks and uh, uh, existential crises almost every day about it. 
and I don't have kids. I can't imagine what it's like to be an adult or uh, any age uh, with children and to have to think about what we're leaving behind for those kids. I've dedicated my entire life to trying to make the planet a, a better place and to preserve and conserve. And I even talking about it right now, my heart starts to beat a little faster because I know voice, I'm, I'm losing. And that I think is the other half of environmentalism in this country. So, so let me, I'm glad you bring that up. Let, let me ask you this, both of you ladies, if there's something that we could do right now, for the listeners that are listening, what's one thing that they could do? And it could be anything, whether it's, you know, make sure that you don't put your plastic bag and your recyclables in a plastic bag. I mean, who would do that? I don't a, know. A monster. That's low, Adam. That's <laughs> only that's a monster. Fair. I, oh, that's not fair. <laughs> I, only, I only bring that up because somebody in this house did that early, recently and it wasn't me. So I resorted for that person to go listen to that episode so they could <laughs> understand that that's not something you do. So You know, I'll learn from I, my mistakes. Like, I would say get educated. Okay. So, don't be lazy. Don't just go on your phone and look at headlines. I mean, really read about what is going on on our planet. You can still use your phone to do it, but actually find a peer-reviewed source and start looking at even just the abstract for, for these materials. You don't have to read the 60-page document, but the abstract. Go and read the abstract for the Paris Accord. Go and read. I know that sounds really dry and lame, but I'm serious. Really educate yourself. And it's not – you'll understand it. It's not um, – It's not. So, these materials are not so technical that you can't understand them. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I – again – I love the show because of the topics that you guys talk about, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just name a few of them for my listeners right now. Um, like the historic flooding, that was a, an interesting one. Uh, offshore wind was a big one. Navajo Nation's water rights, that one hit a little too close to home for me because I used to work in Tuba City up on the Navajo Reservation and stuff like yeah. that. So that one there... That's a uh, tough one. And, and mm -hmm. I've made several phone calls uh, after that and I'm in talks with people that are currently working on that project and, and tribal council and stuff like that. So that, that one was a really good one. The Endangered Right Whale. V that one took me by surprise because it wasn't something that you would think, but you guys kind of the way you had talked about it so elegantly was just like, wow, that's, that's a big issue. And, and for somebody that, you know, I'm down in Pennsylvania, I'm not on the shore. So I, the, the right whale side of it isn't the thing, but I'm, I'm a, I, whether you agree with this or not, I hunt, I fish, but I'm also we're also big conservationists. So, like, if we hunt or fish, what are we doing to give back to the earth? And, and in doing so, like, we plant uh, about twenty-two to three dozen trees a year on our family properties and stuff. So, if we if we uh, log, I mean, we we do logging every ten to fifteen years. You have to log certain parts of it so new stuff can come in and grow and 
and it helps with the habitat and the animals and stuff like that. Like we're very like conscious of what what we're doing. We get involved with the local DNRs um, uh, and whatnot for fish hatcheries and, and, and stuff like that. What are they doing to protect the fish populations? What are they doing to protect the waters? All of this other stuff. So a, a lot of it is, I, I think maybe that's why I resonate so much with your guys's show with because it's oil industry um you know i brought up the solar uh the solar solar panel uh one wetlands that oh my god that that wetlands episode that you guys were talking about all great topics and and i think these are all things that i think people let me put it to you guys like this if you're listening to the show today this is an this environmentally speaking what these ladies talk about are topics that you can incorporate in and around your area. Now, you hear environment and well where do you really start? Start here. Start listening to their podcast. That use their podcast as a starting point. That's why they're doing it. Mm. It's a, it's a very educational funny, entertaining um great place to start because there's a lot of things that I've done a lot of stuff that I thought I knew and then I started getting involved with their show I was like shit I don't know a damn thing and it was so many things that were eye-opening that made me look at things from both sides of the aisle I have a ton of respect for you ladies for doing this because the topics that you talk about are, are very I can hear in your voices and and although I get the behind the scenes action uh, of every of your guys' show, so not everybody gets that. Um, but I can hear it in your voices and stuff. I've been doing this long enough to it's like, okay, this is really you guys put a very heartfelt um, into your episodes and whatnot. And I want to thank you, ladies, for doing that because I, I appreciate what you guys do seriously. Thanks, Adam. Thank Absolutely, you. I think awfully I, nice. Yeah, no, and I'm not just I'm not just saying that. I, th- I really think what you guys are doing is 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 great. And I'm I'm scrolling through some of the old uh, wetlands, gray water, storm water was another one. I was like, oh, sh- that was kind of nasty, but okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the, no, it, it was. It, we're gonna name this one storm water discharges. It's why I don't wear flip flops when it rains. <laughs> Oh, just yes, disgusting, <laughs> gross, and yes. But you know, going back to what Marissa said, it's when she was talking about the, you know, is this so? Is environmental topics over politicized? Um, in learning more, I guess the whole goal of this podcast is to give our listeners just a bite-sized version of a topic, an right. approachable introduction to what's going on. You know, in no way is each episode the full knowledge or like totally encompassing. You can't mm-hmm. listen to an episode and leave an expert, but it's meant just to give you something to think about and say, oh, I kind of want to learn more about this or I never thought of this and and just sort of get your feet wet. It's very yeah. overwhelming. So this it, is well, the it, it can be, to but, it. but you, yeah, I love the fact that you really kind of take a bite sized chunk out of it. And make it consumable for somebody, especially those that are just starting to get into 
these topics and the environment and whatnot. And you make it easy and, and, and you do a good job because a lot of the times you guys will reference in the show, like this is the article that we found this from or whatnot. And you're talking about that. So I, I think that part of it's great. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> if today, today, you had a topic that you wanted to talk about, or maybe there's a, maybe it's a topic you haven't talked about. We're going to hear in a future episode, but what, what, uh, what would be the topic to that? What would be the topic today? If you had to pick one, I thought of one instantly. Okay. Go ahead. I would love to do an episode on nuclear energy, but I haven't gotten into it because that's a lot of research that I don't, I'm not yet there yet. There's a lot of reading that's still just going right over my head. I think I need like a couple of YouTube videos. I need somebody to make an illustration for me. <laughs> it's a very big topic. So I would love to do that, but I need to to do more of my own reading before well, we I can, can pretend yeah. to say it back. And an interesting subset of that issue is, for me, I find fascinating in the 70s, nuclear power was supposed to be the cleanest form of energy. Yeah. And what happened? We happened. Our species got a hold of it and we fucked it all up. But um, I, I think that is interesting. It's it's funny you say that because uh, we talk nuclear. I live about 15 miles from Three Mile Island which <gasps> oh, yeah. in the 80s. That's a mess. Had the big mess. Yeah. And it's like, so the Susquehanna River is where Three Mile Island is. And we live downstream from, from that. So it's like, you know, I'll... Again, I mentioned I love the fish. I won't keep the fish. I don't eat the no, fish. The fish have and, antlers. And when I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how many eyes? Uh, I've only had one cycloptic fish come out with five fins, but it, that's, you know, whatever. Um, it hasn't been that bad. No. It's, it's an efficient fish. It's, 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 it was interesting. No, it, it it's not that bad anymore, but it's not something where, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep the fish here i don't i do catch and release and that's you know just how i fish most of the time especially in a river that is downstream from a major accident whether it was 30 40 years ago or not doesn't matter it's still in the back of my head yep but i think mm -hmm. that's a great topic nuclear energy it's that'd be a good one ladies coming we're, soon we're coming up on time here but i want to ask you both <clears throat> a question that I ask all my guests. Marissa, we're going to start with you this time. Name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. What was it and what was the atmosphere like? There was a, a time after I graduated law school and... I was not practicing environmental law. I couldn't get a job. It was Enron period in time, time frame. And the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management was hiring. So I said, well, to hell with it. I'll apply. I'm not political. I don't know anybody. Rhode Island can be a very political state. So I put my package of materials together, the application, the resume, in the manila envelope and as i went to drop it in the mailbox in downtown providence i realized as i let it go that i hadn't put a return address on it 
and none of the application materials included um, anything other than my current work address. I didn't really want the current work address to know that I had applied for another job. And I said, to hell with it. It's up to the universe now. Whatever happens as a result of me making this major error, I'm just going to I'm just going to go for it. And it worked out. I got the job. And thank God I got the job because that was the launching pad for the rest of my career and trying to be pro environmental. That's awesome. Clarice, same question goes to you. Name a time in your life. Your feet are on the line. You have to make that decision. What is it? And what's the atmosphere like for you? Oh, Marissa's was way more inspirational. Um, I had, let me see. I had just, the first thing that came to mind was I had just found out that I did not pass the bar, um, which is an expensive rejection. Uh, if anybody has gone to law school or taken the bar and, um, I was trying to figure out what do I do? Do I try again or do I see what else there is? I need to figure out some next step. And I had failed the bar. I had just lost a job and I was waitressing at night. And I said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work every single night and I am going to put myself through mediation training. And if I can't find a job or an opportunity or this path isn't working, screw it. I'm going to make one. So I took a mediation training and then I volunteered and I spent all of my nights at a restaurant and I spent all of my days reaching out to parties, offering free mediations through a court program. So that way I could get experience. And then I went back to the trainer and I said, this is how many cases I've convened. What else can I do? What else can I help with? And it wasn't necessarily, I was feet on the line. I need to make a call. Yes or no. It was an absence. There was nothing happening. So I had to make my opportunity. And I'm really thankful I did that. I was like, if, if it's not happening, if it's not out there, I'm going to go find it. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to go do that thing. Nice. That's awesome. Thank you, ladies. Now, where can the listeners find you if they have questions about the environment or they want to reach out to you? They want to see the videos. You guys have a YouTube channel as well. I didn't make, bring that up because I'm a horrible host, but uh, you guys have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, you can watch the videos and whatnot. Where can, where can they reach you, whether it's social media, website, questions? Go ahead. Um, Hi, Clarice. As our producer, I feel like you're setting me up again. Um, <laughs> dear listeners, I am going to try my best to get this right. Every week, I need to let you all know where you can find us, and I don't do it right. <laughs> So if you are interested in learning more about environmentally speaking, if you want to hear Marissa's words of wisdom and negativity, if you want to hear me just be the color and confusion, you can reach out to us at help at desateliesq.com. You can find us on all social medias, including YouTube at Desatel Law. And I nailed it. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll uh, cut this out and we'll add this to the end of... Uh, all the episodes moving forward then, Clarice. How's that? Oh, that'll that be one? good. That'll yeah. Please. <laughs> Ladies, um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for taking time uh, with me and the listeners today. 
Thank you. Oh, thank you. This was fun. Folks, that's all the time that we got. Make sure you go check out Environmentally Speaking. Rewind it. You can find them on social media, all their parts there. You can also find them on Heroes Media Group. Go Simply go to heroesmediagroup.com. That's all the time I got. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.